You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spate. You know, sometimes we ask for some very strange things. And uh, I kind of suspect that that may go all the way back to when we were kids and our parents wanted to know what we wanted for Christmas, so they would say, why don't you ask Santa Claus for something? Write him a letter. And we'd say, well, what can I ask for? And they'd say, well, ask for whatever you want. So we get some pretty strange requests. For example, a three-year-old Roman from Indiana wrote this. He said, I I want a remote-controlled car that can change into a plane, a boat, a jet, a rocket ship, and a helicopter. And I want it to be big enough to fit inside. Yeah, I think I want one of those too. <laughs> Problem is, it, it doesn't really exist. Well, someone else, another child, wrote Santa this note. Dear Santa, how are you? Well, enough chit-chat. Let's get down to business. This year I want a big space Lego set, some jelly beans, a shark's jacket and a hat, an AK-47 assault rifle, and any Nintendo game. Now I love how he kind of sneaks that in the middle so maybe Santa won't quite notice well, they exist, but maybe it's not all that realistic either. <laughs> so in our story today, I, I kind of think that Mark, as he writes down what happened with Jesus, wanted to focus on what was actually happening in two stories when people came to ask Jesus for something. The first story we actually looked at last week. Now last week, we, uh, we saw how James and John came to Jesus, and Zach helped us to see last week that James and John had put Jesus in a box. He even taught us a little horrible little song about putting Jesus in a box, didn't he? But when it came down to it, They came to Jesus and they said, this is Mark chapter 10, verse 35, Teacher, we want to ask you to do us a favor. Now, if you are a parent, you have heard this request. 
It didn't sound quite like this. Instead, it went something like, Daddy, just say yes. Did you ever get that? Did you ever hear that? A good parent knows that you never just say yes. So did Jesus, and so Jesus said to them, well, what do you want me to do for you? And we studied this last week. You remember that story. They wanted power. Give us power. The right and the left hand in your kingdom. This ended in a lesson in which Jesus talked to them about the importance of serving. Now today, we come to a different story, the next story. Let's start reading here in verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, and in parentheses, that means the son of Timaeus. You know what that means? We don't even know his name. We know his daddy's name. But he wasn't important enough to the people of the time for them to even learn his name. They knew his daddy. So they called him Timaeus's son. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And we saw the puppets. How, what he was really saying, he calls Jesus son of David. That's a messianic title. He says, first of all, you're the Messiah. And then he says, help me. Have mercy on me. Now, Jesus hears the man, and he stops. That's unusual. Now, it wasn't unusual to have beggars outside the town. They would have loved to have lived in Jerusalem because then they would go to the temple, and they would beg in the temple. When people went to the temple, they went predisposed to do alms, to give money to the poor, to the needy, to the blind. But he didn't live in Jerusalem. So he went to the outskirts of town. He sat by the city gate because sooner or later, everybody in town would have to leave. They'd walk right by him. And he could beg then when he heard someone coming by. He heard Jesus coming by and apparently he had heard that Jesus could heal. So he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, the people who were around him began to say, settle down, be quiet. Quiet down, verse 48. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. It's kind of unusual. 
Now, it wouldn't be unusual for a normal person just walking by to stop and give money to a beggar, but Jesus had an entourage. He had not only the disciples, but a large crowd following him. They were listening to him as he spoke. He was teaching them as he was leaving. And he stopped. He stopped doing what he was doing. And then he did something even more unusual. He said, tell him to come to me. Now it'd be very natural for a person to stop, hear a blind man, go to the blind man and give him some money. Jesus didn't. He stopped and he said, tell the blind man to come to me. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. Now, kind of close your eyes and imagine 2,000 years ago, you're in the outskirts of Jericho and you're seeing this unfold. Jesus hears the man, he stops, and then he does something really strange. He says, tell him to come to me. So the guy gets up, he takes the robe that he was wearing and he, and he, and he throws it aside, and he starts fumbling his way through the crowd, trying to make it to Jesus, but it's very obvious that he's blind. He doesn't know quite what he's looking for, so he, he kind of fumbles around and... No, not Jesus, not Jesus. And he keeps going, not even close, says. <laughs> keeps fumbling around and no, 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 no beard, no beard, can't be Jesus. Ah, we got a beard. <laughs> this must be Jesus. And he begins to talk to Jesus. Now, what a strange sight. First of all, what Jesus does is unheard of. Tell the blind man to come to me. And the guy fumbles his way to Jesus. And when he finally gets to Jesus, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you. What a silly question. Isn't it obvious? The guy's blind. He can't see. It's like a guy's in a car accident and the EMT picks him up and takes him in the ambulance to the hospital, put him on a gurney and they, they wheel him into triage and He's laying there on the gurney and his left leg is kind of sticking out like that. And the doctor comes in, looks at him and says, so what brings you here today? <laughs> of course he wouldn't do that. He knows what's wrong because it's obvious what's wrong. Everybody knew what was wrong with the blind man because it was obvious. 
But Jesus starts by saying, what do you want me to do for you? Why in the world did he do that? You know what? This is the very same question that Jesus asked James and John. What do you want me to do for you? James and John said, we want power. He looks at the blind man and says, what do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. You know, the blind man could have asked for anything. He could have said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm blind and I'm out here begging and I don't have much money. Give me money. But he didn't. He could have said, you know, I'm, I'm blind and I can't take care of myself. I want servants. Give me servants. But he didn't ask for that. He could have said, I, I, I want a home. I want a horse and a chariot to take me where I want to go. I want a business that'll provide for me. He could have asked for any of those things. But instead what he said was, I can't see. I want to see. Somehow I think when the blind man said, I want to see, Jesus turned around, caught the eye of James and John and went, why couldn't you have asked for this? But you had to go and ask for power. So what about us? When we turn the light down low and we look to the Lord and we pray, what do we pray for? You know the Barna Group, which does a, does a lot of uh, surveys of churches, in 2017, they did a survey about prayer. They asked Christians across the country, first of all, how do you pray? 82% of the people who responded say, I pray silently by myself. That means 18% didn't pray at all. 13% said I pray audibly by myself. 2% said they pray audibly with a group. And another 2% say I pray in church. Barna went on and asked, what do you pray for? And it was a fill in the blank sort of a thing. And there's some great answers here. Gratitude topped the list. 62% said, I thank God when I pray because of everything that he's done for me. That's wonderful. That's great. That's a good thing. Another 61% said, I pray for family or community needs. That makes sense. 49% said that they would pray for different crises in their life. Going through a crisis, take it to the Lord in prayer. 
That's, that's good. We should do that. That's a wonderful thing. 47% said they prayed for health. 43% confessed their sin. 41% asked for safety. 37% prayed for personal peace. 24% prayed for things that were going on in the country. 20% for things that were going on in the world. Now these are all very good things. They're things that we should pray for. A couple of years prior to that, a different group, a group out of Tennessee called Lifeway in 2013, asked a very similar question. They said, when you pray, do you pray for, and they filled in the blank. And look at the answers that they got. Do you pray to win the lottery? 21% said, yes, I do. <laughs> 20% prayed for success in something that they put no effort into whatsoever. Oh, Lord, let it work out. 15% prayed that nobody would find out about something that they had done. 13% prayed for their sports team to win. Of course, we know we don't have to pray for the Colts to win because God is already a Colts fan. Seven <laughs> percent prayed to find a parking spot. Another seven percent prayed that they wouldn't get caught speeding. Five percent prayed for somebody else to fail and even to get fired. Interesting, isn't it? The things, the strange requests that we make of the Lord. Now, this list, maybe not so much, but that first list, they were all good things. Gratitude, crises, health. We should be praying for those things but we're missing something if that's all that we pray for. Because the bottom line is that those are things. Peter looked at James and John and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they asked for a thing. They asked for power. He looked at the blind man and said, what do you want me to do for you? And he asked for necessities, for a need. I can't see. I want to see. What do you pray for? Does your prayer life consist of presenting a list of things to God? Or do you pray for the things that you truly need? Now, every week over the last six weeks, we've been going through the book of Mark this is the last Sunday that we'll be in Mark on Sunday morning. We've been talking about how important it is that we learn to be true disciples. This section of Mark, these two chapters, Mark 9 and 10, deal with learning to be true disciples. We need to be true disciples. Going back to where we started, the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples saw Jesus transfigured. 
Then they heard God's voice come in a cloud and said, this is my son. Listen to him. I need to listen to Jesus. The next paragraph, Jesus comes down off the mountain. He finds the nine disciples who were down there trying to cast out a demon of a young boy who periodically the demon would take over his body and he would try to injure himself. He'd throw himself in fire, throw himself in water. They tried to cast it out. They couldn't. Jesus, with the word, cast it out. Afterwards, the disciples said, what was wrong with our technique? And Jesus said, it wasn't your technique. This kind only comes out by prayer. I need to pray more. The next paragraph, they asked Jesus, what do I need to do to enter the kingdom of God? And he took a child and he put the child in front of Jesus. The children were around Jesus trying to get to him. The disciples were trying to keep them away. Jesus said, hey, they want to be with me. That's good enough. I need to want to be with Jesus, just like a child wants to be with their parent. In the next paragraph, parents were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. The disciples were trying to keep them away. Jesus said, no, let him come. And he took them up in his arms and he blessed them. I need to bless others. The next paragraph, what we saw last week, James and John come to Jesus. They ask for power. Jesus says, no, no, you're not gonna get power. You need to learn the lesson of service. Even I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I need to serve others. And today, Jesus says to the blind man, what do you want? He says, I want to see. I need to see. You see, the things that have been presented in chapters 9 and 10 of Mark are things that we need to be true disciples. I need to listen to Jesus. I need to pray more. I need to be with Jesus. I need to bless others like Jesus did. I need to serve others like Jesus did. I need to see. To be Jesus in every corner of my world, I must ask for the things that I truly need In a word, character. I need to get over focusing on things. Now again, the things that we mentioned are good things and we need to continue to pray for them. Pray 
for crises that you're going through. Pray for health. Pray for national and global concerns. But don't forget to pray for your character. Don't forget to pray that the Lord makes you like Jesus. So that you can love like Jesus loved. Live like Jesus lived. And go like Jesus went. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.